Hey friends, I am so happy you're here. I'm Annie, your host, and welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast, where I'm right here next to you navigating this crazy, beautiful journey called life. And if I've learned one thing over the years of pivoting my life from military officer to entrepreneur and business owner to content creator and world traveler, it's that we all go through ups and downs. Maybe you're going through some shit right now, or maybe you're living your best life. Either way, I found this journey through life to be one of tremendous discovery about myself and what I want out of it, but also how the world works and how that affects me. I also know that getting uncomfy and following the heart tugs has always led me in the right direction. So I want you to know that you're not alone on this roller coaster of life. I'm figuring it out and bringing you along with me. So hang on. We're going to dig deep and dive in. Let's get uncomfy. All right, what is up, you guys? It's Annie, and we're here for another episode of Let's Get Uncomfy. And I have a really kick ass guest today. His name's Mark Rodriguez. And Mark, I just thank you so much for your time, for being here. I'm really grateful for you. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm honored to be part of this podcast. I know that uh, Annie is, uh, you know, one of the premier elite fitness professionals that are out there. And uh, she does so much with all her businesses. And uh, I'm actually very honored to even be a guest. So I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. Oh, okay. I love that. Guys, um, just a little background on Mark. You guys heard um, before we introed this a little bit about him, but Mark's been almost like a mentor to me, honestly, throughout the past, let's see, like eight, nine, ten um, months, yeah, about so nine almost, months, almost about a year. Months, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he is the owner of self-made training facility, Dallas location. And, um, gosh, we were chatting right before I press record and there are so many different topics we could just cruise through today. Um, we picked a good handful because he is somebody that I think has just a great head on his shoulders and great life experience to learn from um, and to chat on. So we're going to start with that. And honestly, I wanted to kick it off and talk about the fact that you just celebrated four years of sobriety yes. just recently, August 23rd. 23rd, yes. <laughs> so first off, congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, you guys listening, you probably know I've been on my own sobriety journey um, myself. So it makes me so honestly like eyes wide open now when I meet people who are on that journey themselves, because I kind of understand it a lot better than I used to. So I just wanted to, you know, if we want to dive on in, I mean, it's called the let's get uncomfy <laughs> podcast. So let's get uncomfy. Let's get uncomfortable. Here let's we go. Do it. So <laughs> where, let's see, four years ago, uh-huh. where were you? What did that look like? And what kind of sparked maybe that sober curiosity. Um, yeah. You know, what did that journey look like for you? Oh, wow. Well, uh, to answer your question, uh, where was I? Uh, I will tell you I was on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife had just retired from the military and we were celebrating her retirement. And we went on a Royal Caribbean cruise uh, from Miami through uh, the Bahamas and then over to uh, Mexico. Uh, I think it was Cozumel and a couple other areas. And then we came back. It was a five day, you know, cruise. Mm-hmm. And um, the first night, me and the wife got blasted. You know, we, yeah. we drank and we partied and we had so much fun. And the next day, uh, she, we both woke up and both hung over. I was still drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to go get breakfast and once we got breakfast my wife was like hey you know i'm i'm not feeling too well i'm gonna go get some sleep and i said yeah that's fine i'm gonna go hang out at the pool 
So this is roughly around nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, we partied that night, wow, to like probably two, three in the morning. Yeah. So it was, it wasn't much sleep. Um, like I said, I was still drunk and I, you know, or still feeling drunk, I should right. say. Right, right. I got on the pool, uh, just finished eating breakfast and I decided to pop open a Corona, mm-hmm. you know, so talking nine o'clock in the morning, yep. you know, pop open a Corona. I'm sitting there having a, a drink at the pool and I see this guy, uh, an older guy, probably in his sixties, uh, very overweight. Um, and he had on a speedo mm-hmm. and he was running around the pool, uh, dancing to the music, uh, gyrating and doing things like that. And there was kids. Mm-hmm. all around the pool and i don't know what came over me but i looked at it and i said is that what i look like when i get drunk mm. and it just it something came over me that went you know i don't want to be that guy mm. and you know so there's a long backstory to this yeah. um but that was to answer your question yeah. that's where i was on august 23rd or i should say august 21st 20th mm-hmm. uh when this came about and i remember later on that day my wife came uh we met up and uh she's like hey you know you're good and i said yeah you know i was i was thinking that after this cruise i, I think i'm done and she's like done what i said, like, i think i'm done drinking like, I think I'm done. And she's like, you've said that plenty of times. Right. And I was like, no, I think this time I'm for real. Like, yeah. I think I'm done. And uh, she's like, I said, but I'm not going to ruin the trip, you know, because we mm-hmm. don't want to ruin the trip, right. you know, especially just starting being sober. Right. So I said, so look, I'm going to go ahead and I'll finish this trip off. Um, you ain't got to worry about me. You know, we can still drink and everything like that. But when I get back home to California at the time I was living in Cali, mm-hmm. I said, uh, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm done. And that's exactly what I did. August 23rd is when we got back, and that was the last day I had a drink. Wow. So it was yeah. just like a cold turkey thing. It was like... Yes, but there's a lot yeah. of backstory I was going to gonna this, say, so. like, did, had alcohol shown up in a negative way in your life before that? Uh, yes. So one of the things about me is, like I said, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was uh, a young father. I was a 17-year-old father to a special needs child. Mm-hmm. So my yeah. son has Down syndrome. Um, I had three kids by the age of 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I was married for 14 years before my current wife and I deployed six times. I was in the Marine Corps for 21 years. Yeah. Um, you know, I was definitely stressed since the day I found out I was going to be a dad at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I've not been stressed about life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I seek sought uh, solace in drinking. Mm. Thing was, when I was younger, I had no maturity. Right. Um, and I didn't understand the consequences for my actions. Yeah. So um, I am a person who I have had a total of four DUIs in mm-hmm. my time. Um, how am I still here and not in jail and all that good stuff? Well, you know, a couple of them got busted down to a wet and reckless. Yeah. Uh, they're still DUIs. Yeah. Uh, happened in, I got one when I think, uh, dating myself here. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. <laughs> I got one, I believe my first one was in uh, 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one was in 2000. Uh, third one was in 2001. And then my fourth one was in 2005. You know what? And I think like what you just said, like how am I still here and like alive and kicking? And yeah. I think when we have a deeper purpose and a bigger purpose, like there are there are people out there and maybe all you listening, 
Like, if you've ever questioned, like, why am I going through this shit? You know, like, maybe there's a bigger purpose around it. Because I look back on my, not just my drinking history and and the times where alcohol is going to been a real hard spot for me. But other times, too, that I've gone through some really hard shit that, you know, I look back and I'm like, how the fuck am I alive right now? A, B, how did I make it through that? But I really think like when we are attached to like a bigger purpose, a deeper purpose, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're here now and you're an inspiration. You're a leader, a mentor, a a teacher to so many people now. And just your experience can show people like, wow, I can make it through this. Like I can get through this and do something with my life and what I have ahead of me because I think you could have definitely look at, looked at those situations and been like, well, this is it. This is me. But Well, I see, I see your journey. You know, I've watched your journey. I've watched it on social media and the things that you post. And it reminds me a lot. I go into reflection mode and it reminds yeah. me a lot about my younger years. Um, you know, I'm about to be 45 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, there is a certain point where you have to give up the shenanigans, I like yeah. to say, yeah. you know, and everybody's time is different. Right. Um, but my time, I think in 2005, you know, I got into a really bad wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, I left the scene of the accident mm-hmm. and tried to get my now ex-wife to come pick me up, you yeah. know, and get me home. Yeah. Um, but I got picked up by the cops and uh-huh. I spent time in jail. Mm-hmm. They threatened me with a year in jail. Um, and you know, I, I had to go through an 18 month, uh, sub, um, uh, alcohol program. Yeah. Uh, this is in California. I got a, a whole bunch of fines, had to do community service, had mm-hmm. to go to mothers against drunk driving, had my license suspended for two years. Right. Um, that I thought, I thought was my quote unquote rock bottom. Rock like, bottom. All right. I'm going to change now. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you're talking 2005, 2006-ish, going into 2006. uh, A lot of things happened, you Mm -hmm. know, even after that. Yeah. And so, I mean, even divorce, you know, divorce will, you know, that happened in 2012, where, I mean, that was probably the worst year of my life. Mm -hmm. Over the the DUIs and the suspension, I mean, that was, it was bad. I lost everything. Yeah. So... I again went to the bottle, you mm-hmm. know, and, and went to, and not only the bottle, let's talk about yeah. what comes with that. Like the nightclubs yeah. and the lifestyle, in, the lifestyle, you know, yeah. um, the and parties, who you're, who you're spending time with, who you're spending how time you're spending with. your energy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I spent a lot of money yeah. on stuff that I look at things differently now. When yeah. I put my money into something, I look at everything as an investment. Yeah. So I'll, as you invest, everybody should always think about the return on investment. Yep. So as I invested and I think about this into alcohol, into clubbing, into the shenanigans, yeah. there's no return on investment. No. You know, everybody can sit back and go, wow, those were some funny memories, mm-hmm. right? And quotation marks. Yeah. I know the Air crowd quotes. can't see me. Mm-hmm. Air quotes, right? Um, you know, those were some funny memories, but what were they? Yeah. What did they do for you? Yeah. So I feel like right now, as I sit here, I think about all the wasted time, the mm-hmm. wasted efforts, the wasted money financially that I could have, you know, really invested in myself yeah. or even my family mm-hmm. and had a return on investment here now in the, in the future. Yeah. But I will say this, the return on investment into that is one thing and that's learning experience. Yeah. So I did learn. 
um, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Yeah, I was going to say, learn, and thank God you, know. you have the perspective to take that as a learning moment yeah. because there are a lot of people that don't and just remain where they are and say, well, this is my life. This is who I am. And, yeah. and think, you know, they have that stuck feeling of, oh, I've created this for myself and now I'm just going to exist here, you know. So at some point, you know, you did get to that point on the cruise and it's kind of funny how, not funny, but like mm-hmm. I, I look at my story very similarly. There were some really serious of events that took place with alcohol that I think if you heard them, I mean, and actually for everyone listening, I did an episode, um, about a few drunk stories and you'd look at those being like, shouldn't that have been the rock bottom? Shouldn't that have been the rock bottom? Like, okay, what about that one? You know? And no, none of those were, it was something very slight, like you being on a cruise, seeing this guy being like, I don't want that to be me. And for me, it was waking up in the morning and, and friends saying like, Hey, we're going to, we need to take some space from you. And it was something so, you know, small, but those moments that create, it's like, whoa. I mean, you say that and I'm thinking right now, as soon as you said that, Hey, we need to take some time from you. I literally had a movie reel of people Mm -hmm. that were like, yeah, we don't want to hang out with you. I remember, I remember years ago, uh, me and my ex-wife, we wouldn't get invited to certain parties. Yeah. And like, we didn't know why. Right. Yeah. And then when come to find out, they were like, yeah, Mark is too much when he drinks. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want that around here. Yeah. You know, and, and at the time I'm like, but your husbands or your wives. Yeah, all, but y'all get y'all drunk. Y'all get drunk and messed up. But the way that I mm-hmm. was is some of the things that I would do when I would get drunk was number one is I had to be, as you can tell from my voice, I'm already naturally loud. Yeah. So when I drink, the octaves go up <laughs> way higher. Yeah, me um, too. And next thing you know, I have to be the loudest and most attentive person mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. So what ends up happening is I get, I, I'm also a, a jokester. Mm-hmm. So I'll start clowning on people. And I've gotten to the point where I've Sometimes found out take people it over. I take it way overboard mm-hmm. and they get mad. Yeah. And then, you know, and so, and of course the other piece of me is my temper. So mm-hmm. like I would get, you know, I'd be the happy go lucky person. And all of a sudden that Something switch. Happens. Yeah. And then next, you know, I'm swinging on somebody mm-hmm. and that, you know, when you talk about rock bottom, I mean, I got jumped by a couple of uh, Brazilian guys in Japan. <laughs> I know weird oh story. God. That's a whole nother story. But this happened in 2010. Yeah. Um, I got my face split open and you know, I remember having my face was just mangled from mm. getting jumped by these guys. And, uh, and you know, my kids at the time, they saw me like that. Of mm-hmm. course I was in Japan on deployment. They were in California. So they had to watch me on uh back then it was the Yahoo messenger mm, yeah, yeah. web call. Um, and they would see me and like, oh my God. And I remember my daughter's crying, you know, because my face was just all messed up. Mm -hmm. These are the things that never were my rock bottom. Right. There were moments where I was like, man, dude, I got it. Damn, this is fucked up. Yeah. But but back at it. Yeah. And it was never my rock bottom. I mean, even motorcycle accidents, you know, that I never got actually a DUI for. Yeah. But falling off my motorcycles, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was driving drunk on my bike, you know, which is crazy if you think about it. Like, who would drive drunk on a motorcycle with no helmet? Well, you'd be surprised (laughs) because I I believe it. That was me. And it's so crazy to me because I think, like, when I did have that reflection moment of, like, oh my God, like, alcohol for me was creating a version of myself that I was like, routinely not proud of Mm -hmm. and I think it was it for me it was just like kind of a straw on the what they say straw on the camel's back back. right Mm -hmm. that's like whoa like this is not 
me. This is not who I'm proud of being. I am someone that, you know, associates myself with hardworking, caring, big heart, generous, loving, non-judgmental, supportive, you know, embracing of everyone. And it's like, how can this completely other version of myself yeah. show up? And why do I keep why am I leaning into that? You know, why am I putting energy into that? And then you said even like financial energy, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I believe I'm of the mindset of money's energy and kind of similar to you of like the investment idea of like, if I'm going to put money into it, that's my energy because I put energy into making that, right? So it's like, why am I putting so much energy into this version of me that I am consistently not proud of? Um, and even to this day, I sit here, you know, uh, in my 40s, and there's times, even to this day, that stories from 20 plus years mm. ago still yeah. come up. I get around certain friends. Mm -hmm. Hey, you remember that one time? And I I don't feel good about it. Yeah. You know, where before it was funny, we would laugh. But now it's like, I, man, I, I have to live yeah. with that. You yeah. know, and it, I get it. I'm over it. And, you know, life does move on. And, mm -hmm. you know, we got bigger, better things to do than to sit here and dwell on yeah. those things. But when they do come up, they are somewhat sometimes embarrassing to me. Yeah. Um, my kids, yeah. you know, they're all adults, you know? So they know stories about me seeing me coming home drunk, mm -hmm. seeing me pass out in my in my bathroom, you know, and things like that. And it's just, it, it's, it's something that I wish that I never did, that they never have that visual. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I also believe that anybody can change. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when and I, I mean, hear people say, oh, no, people can't change. They get to a certain point where you can't teach all dogs new tricks or yeah. not like the stupid sayings that yeah. are out there. I believe that anybody can change at any given moment. It's just the amount of want. Yeah. In, you intrinsic uh, motivation is, mm -hmm. is really what sparks it and the desire for, for more, for something different. And I think that's really where it comes from because all those terrible events and situations, yeah, they, yeah, they can be shitty and yeah, maybe you laugh about them the next day. Maybe you cringe about them the next day. But ultimately, if you don't have a deep down desire of like, yo, this has got to fucking stop, <laughs> you know, like it's not going to fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, kind of, right. you know, uh, progressing through through that, I think also, you know, just for you to say just to say to you, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, as someone I, I think I'm around your kid's age. You are. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, 20, 28, 28. Yeah. yeah. My, my oldest son is 27. Okay. So, so yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just barely older. And yeah. um, it's like if I were to from their perspective, probably seeing you take hold of your own life and be like no 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 this is not the way it's gonna go that's probably i would bet so inspiring and whether you know it or not or whether they tell you or not <laughs> i know i don't tell my dad enough how grateful i am for like the the example he set for me and some hardships that he's dealt with but i don't know if you need to hear it you know i'm sure they are so proud of you and i'm I sure seeing that, that that change has made an impact on them in a really, really great way. So. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I watch my kids, you know, my, uh, my son, my oldest son is that has Down syndrome. Obviously he's not drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, he's 27, but then I have a 25 year old daughter, a 24 year old son and a 19 year old daughter. And they're all living their lives. They don't yeah. live at home, mm -hmm. uh, at least with me, yeah. um, you know? And I remember like my son, my 24 year old, uh, he's in the air force mm -hmm. and you know, he got drunk one night and called me mm. and um, I you know I, I entertained it for a second 
and then was like, hey, all right, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I waited for him to sober up, and then I told him, I said, hey, don't ever call me drunk again. Yeah. You know, um, I don't ever do that because, you know, I don't want to know about it. Like, if yeah. that's what you're doing, cool, but I don't, that's just not me, and I don't want to be around it. And he completely apologized and said, you know what, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It won't happen again. I understand. And we're good. And he's never done it again. Mm-hmm. Um, none of my kids would ever call me while they've been drinking mm-hmm. just because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be around that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see you doing that because then I feel like I had some sort of influence in that. Yeah. And I don't, that, that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. You know, even though they're making their own choices. Right. Um, it's just like, I don't want to be, feel like I influenced that mm-hmm. by my actions in the past. Right. So, um, you know, that's, and they know that and they respect it. So it's, it's been, I appreciate you, Annie. Yeah. I thank you. Yeah. You know, and your journey has been, uh, it's been enlightening to see, uh, because it brings back, like I said, mm-hmm. reflection on my life and yeah, what, for sure. where I've been, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the moments that, you know, have caused me to say, yeah, no more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And now, you know, you're, and you've stepped into, I mean, I've only known you now for, you know, less than a year, but yeah. just what I know from you, um, in my personal experience, it's like, you are the businessman, you are the, like the community engagement guy, you are the hype man for everyone. And, um, you know, so I just kind of want to now chat on yeah. post, post that and did, did removing alcohol from your life allow you to show up for yourself in a new way? Were you already kind of like the businessman? I know you were a personal trainer before then owning mm-hmm. self-made and you kind of made that progression in building a fucking bomb ass business and <laughs> learn and, and doing that. Um, yeah. but what did that, what is, what did that look like? You know, kind of merging into the business conversation side of things. Well, I'll tell you that, uh, number one is, is that being a Marine, a United States Marine, you know, it was like leadership has always been ingrained since the moment I went mm-hmm. to boot camp. Yeah. So I, I grew as a leader in the military. Yeah. Um, and, I didn't know when I abruptly left the Marine Corps after 21 years that um, I didn't know who I was. Mm. Um, I knew myself as a Marine, but I didn't know myself as Mark. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to find out who Mark was. Mm. Um, well, Mark is part of the Marine is the leader in me. Right. That's, that's, that's who Mark is. And I know that. I know that I have a natural ability to lead. Mm-hmm. God has blessed me with that. Yeah. He's blessed me with the gift of gap, you know, <laughs> so I can talk, you know, um, and we, we only have a certain timeline, so I gotta, you know, but it's like we, he's given me certain gifts and leadership is, is definitely one of those gifts he's given me. Yeah. So when I came into, you know, the new world after the military, yeah, yeah post military, I was like, okay, where do I, where do I fit yeah. in this world? And Fitness was always something I was, uh, you know, really into. And so when I became a trainer and I built my business as an independent contractor from scratch, mm-hmm. zero clients, zero Instagram, zero everything. Mm-hmm. And I and I had to learn the concepts. I had to learn how to price my packages. I learned mm-hmm. the, the value behind the businesses. What I what I realized is that leadership was able to be transferable to now the business side mm-hmm. with clients. Yep. So which. I watch you and I watch you with your clients and you're a natural leader. You know, they follow you. They, they mm-hmm. listen to what you do. They have results. That's leadership. Mm-hmm. Being able to influence somebody to do something better with themselves. Ooh. That is leadership. Yeah, I like that definition. You see what I'm saying? So it's like how, 
how can I better myself as a leader, but yet now also with bringing value, mm-hmm. be compensated for what I'm doing? Yeah. And that's how it all worked out. Now, as I grew as a leader, as I grew as a business owner, and I started seeing all these people out there that were way younger than me, mm-hmm. that were making a ton more money than me, and their businesses were growing, they have all this fellowship, and they, they just have all these opportunities, and all I could do was ask myself, well, why am I not there? Mm-hmm. So instead of me hating on them, yeah. I learned from them. I sought them out and mm. became a sponge. So this all leads to what we that's were just a huge and that's a huge point I think to focus on. I think it's so easy to look at other people and 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 be like, why can't why are they doing that? Why can't I do that? You know, and mm-hmm. and instead of taking it as inspiration or like, hey, if I see someone doing it, that mm-hmm. that just shows that it's possible for me to do it. That's my mindset, and mm-hmm. and you know that's your mindset. Yep. But so many people out there, I think, look at someone succeeding and try to knock them down whether that's like in their heads they're like oh well they only they're only successful because you know she's so pretty and she can get all the instagram followers so that's why her business is bumping you know not because of her hard work and the fact she shows up and she applies herself and she learned it and she grinded and you know and so it's so easy to take someone as almost competition and try to tear them down and make excuses for yourself not doing it but Mm -hmm. i think you know, that's a good point. And, and for anybody listening, if you've ever seen someone doing something that you want to do, rewire your brain to take that as, hey, that just gives me the permission, if you need that mental permission, to go for it also. Because I think, you know, anyone else succeeding out there in anything just shows you, hey, it's possible. It's been done before. And even if it hasn't been well, done before. And you have to believe in your capabilities. And I think that's yeah. a hard thing for a lot of people to realize is like I had to realize my capabilities mm-hmm. as I grew in this business in the fitness world. But then I also grew as a business owner. I, I every step of the way, I remember my capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also reminded about my capabilities and my leadership when like, for instance, the compliment you just gave me, that to me is very humbling. It's very, you know, it's, it, it makes me feel good. But I also remember, mm-hmm. I also remember as a leader that I have a responsibility to people like yourself who expect me to do what I said I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So let's lead back into the whole alcohol thing. Yeah. If I'm, if I have Annie Graft who says Mark is a leader, Mark has been a mentor of mine. He's shown me so many different things and it, and it, and this and that. And then I go and get trashed mm. drinking. Yeah. Now Annie's going to be like, yeah, I, I mean, I like Mark, but. Yeah. It's this <laughs> like know? battle between two, like you're. You're not, this is what I dealt with for a long time was like, okay, I know I am like a successful businesswoman. I am mm-hmm. successful in the gym. I am successful in all these areas. But then I would like allow myself my weekend Annie where I was just a fucking shit show. And I was like <laughs> life of the party girl. Yes, girl, doing anything, you know, any hours of the day, whatever, down for whatever. And, yeah. and it was like, I was constantly a battle between these two versions of myself. Mm-hmm. And when you aren't showing up as, as, you know, the version of yourself you want to be that successful fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. Business owner, fitness instructor, fitness trainer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go back and forth and it takes energy and time to go back and forth instead of just consistently showing up as that one version, building the belief, the yep. self-confidence, the like the capabilities, building your skill set in that area. It, 
like that's what I realized in sobriety is I'm like wow I'm just getting more experience showing up as this like new version of me mm-hmm. day after day after day after day and like you know what do we say I mean in the gym repetition is mm-hmm. is results you know so it's like it's focus I think so what got me to be where I'm at today especially with the four years of sobriety is focus mm. um, you know when you're aligned and your brain is aligned with your body and it's aligned with everything that you're doing whether spiritually mm-hmm. whether physically mentally you know emotionally everything is aligned you're more focused and you are able to progress in life a lot better so all yeah. those individuals that are out there that are making more money than I than I am or have more success in in my eyes than I, I do um, I'm focused to either reach them or surpass them. Mm-hmm. And that's where my head is at. And yeah. anything that's going to derail that is is a no-go. Yeah. So the thing is, too, is that there's a twofold to that. So mm-hmm. the, the one side is that, yes, I want to be more successful. I want to make more money or be as successful and mm-hmm. make as much money. But I also want to bring as many people with me. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to grab yeah. the tribe and be like, hey, come on. I'm yeah. So if, if I get the information, I'm feeding it to somebody else. So that way they can surpass me. Mm-hmm. They can make more money than me. And if I set the bar high enough, then it's something that people are going to be like, man, I got to reach that guy. Yeah. I'm going to do it. You yeah. know? I'm going to strive it, for that. I'm yeah. going to strive for that. And then it gives this motivation to get people to get outside of their comfort zone yeah. and push past their limitations. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it, if I drank, it would derail all of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's having, listen, having somebody come to me like yourself or especially because I see how successful you are or even anybody else to say, because of you, I've done this mm-hmm. is worth way more than money. Yeah. I, 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 I will take that. You know what? I, I, I feel like a rich man. Yeah. So if somebody says that to me, I like you just deposited millions of dollars into my bank. Mm-hmm. And I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I never want anything to take away from that. Mm-hmm. And if I was to start drinking or I would start doing shenanigans, you know, like we were in the past or like I did in the past, mm-hmm. it would take away from that. And my, my, my bank deposits would not come mm-hmm. as, as often. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? No, that's it's so true. Yeah. And um, you know, I I I see that so strongly in you as somebody who is not only a leader but a a lifter, right? A leader and a lifter. And you lift people up with you and I've seen that as you've been here in Dallas. Um just the vibe in the, in this gym and within the trainer community and you know, just the way we all show up when the quote unquote leader is is like doing it and showing leading by example is around is present is engaged is excited like you know that gets the rest of people involved to do the same and to yep. show up in that same way so you know you are a leader and a lifter and I thank you for that <laughs> because yeah, it's it. it's made the experience here itself made just so enjoyable you know that's awesome um, though. I appreciate that thank you yeah, yeah. and uh, touching on that mm-hmm. so what you know brought you to transition from California to Dallas um, I feel like that's a pretty because this is the first self-made you've owned or you it's the first one I've owned but not the first one I've managed okay so it's the first one I've actually owned and it's outright this is yeah. mine uh, the success falls on me and only me. Yeah. Here. You know, whether it su- succeeds or fails, it's on right. me, uh, which it, it will not fail. But, no. uh, you know, regardless, because that's just not my character. I'm just yeah. going to keep pushing. 
Um, but uh, it's not the first one. So what brought me here was uh, I was a trainer at Self Made Headquarters in in California, in Temecula. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I ran my personal training business out of the Self Made Headquarters for about four years. Um, built a good brand, had a good like a large amount of clientele, a lot of great results and things like that. But as I as I grew, I knew there was more for me, mm-hmm. and so um, I had an opportunity to teach as an educator at a certain, to remain nameless school, who is now a competitor of mine. Um, But uh, that school in San Diego, I actually taught there. And it was my first time to be able to teach fitness professionals to be certified with uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine, so Mm -hmm. uh, NASM. Mm -hmm. And um, so I learned a lot. And I taught a lot of people, had a lot of great experience, but me and the management did not get along and I didn't like the way they ran their businesses which i thought was very uh cheesy it was also kind of like let's get through it let's get through it and then send them on their way so i I felt like the value was was devalued so um i got fired uh because me and the manager didn't or the owner excuse Mm -hmm. me did not see eye to eye yeah i remember you so i i left there without being upset i said okay i got in my vehicle and i drove about an hour back up to temecula california and i and I was like, hmm. And my brain was just, you know, going a million miles an hour. And I said, you know what? I'm going to build the education department or enhance the education department for all of self-made. And I'm going to do it for free. So I walked into the gym. I saw the vice president who, you know, at the time, the vice president. And I said, hey, um, I got a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. And the CEO, uh, Miguel Aguilar. And I said, here's the proposition. Uh, I'll build your whole education system for free. You don't have to pay me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's in it for you? What's the catch? What's the catch? <laughs> and I said, name me director of education. Mm-hmm. Put it on video. Have Miguel put it on video. It's all I care about. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the rest. And then when the time comes that you guys want to be like, okay, you know what? We need to pay this guy. Then you do so. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and then what are you going to do from there? I said, I want to build this thing. Yeah. Like I really want to, I really want to help trainers. Cause I think that there's a, the, one of the things I used to hate about trainers that would leave the gym who couldn't make it mm-hmm. was fuck self made. They didn't do nothing for me. Mm-hmm. And I could not stand. I that. hate that mentality. Because think about this <clears throat> self <Yeah>. made. <laughs> it drives me insane. Yeah. I'm like, look at the word self. Yeah. Regardless of whether the, 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 the people in self-made help you or not, which we do, by the way. Yeah. Um, but. You're literally signing up saying <laughs> self-made. Self, it's you, you know. Yeah. So it really bothered me. So when yeah. I went to the CEO and I said, look, this is what I want to do. I want to mm-hmm. build so much resources and tools and education. Nobody can say anything. You can't yeah. say shit. Mm-hmm. If you walk out or if you can't make it, it's because you suck. Mm-hmm. Not because we didn't help you or provide yeah. it for you. It's because you truly did not want to put in Chose the work. Chose to not take advantage of the resources available. Not only that, but you also didn't apply yourself in all the other ways you definitely could have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I did- you literally straight up, I mean, you took, this, this is something I just want to point out, is like you took your strong suits knowing that you're able to be a leader, A, provide value, mm-hmm. that you're vocal and you are social and you like dealing with people. So these are all strengths you've known you've had from your past. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, I'm going to put this together and create something that's not even a thing. I'm going to walk up to the the CEO and the vice president and 
offer these services for free mm-hmm. and see what happens. You know, I, yeah. I just think people need to hear that because like, guys, if you've ever like literally, like, and we were talking earlier, it's like, if you are looking at someone that's doing something that you have goals to do, great. That shows that it's possible. But you can also literally invent your own goals out of thin air and just apply yourself and take action. I always say, I say this so often and to my clients, to, uh, you know, colleagues, to whatever. And I say the, one of the traits of a successful person is someone who's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Like, I think someone who's just going to take action, make shit happen, learn, dive in, f- you like figure it out, network, meet the people, find the answers. That's going to be someone who's yeah. successful. And I think like you just, you so are that. Dean, <laughs> Dean Romero, who used to be the vice president of the company, uh, he, he left a while back. Um, but he had built a thing called Self-Made Academy. Mm-hmm. So there was something already there. It just... It wasn't exactly... It hadn't been enhanced enough to where it would stop that comment of self-made did not help me, right? So what I did was I enhanced it. Yeah. Um, So I built a relationship with NASM on Mm -hmm. my own. I went to every franchise across the United States, including Dallas, by the way, on my own dime. Remember, I I wasn't getting paid. And I did education briefs. Mm. I would do education briefs sometimes where the franchise owners were all in and they would have 20, 25 trainers in there and Mm -hmm. it would be a blast. And I've also went to franchises where they gave no buy-in and I had one trainer who Mm. showed up. Like in Sacramento where I flew all the way to Elk Grove, which that franchise is no longer here by the way. But I flew all the way to Elk Grove from San Diego to, to was supposed to teach trainers about the education that we could provide and only one showed up. The franchise owners themselves didn't even show up. Crickets. So, but I still gave but, that brief. Yeah, and you still show up. That's like the number yeah. one thing in business, in sales and everything is like, even if you only, even if the room is empty, they tell you, do the brief anyway, do yeah. the presentation, do it, make the sale anyway, get the practice, whatever, pretend the room is full. Yeah. So you embody So that. when we did that, I did that, I started to build the name for myself. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were like, oh, this guy Mark really knows what he's talking about. And they're associating you now with the, the also exactly. the program and the value that's providing. Exactly. Yeah. So then what ended up happening is Miguel said, hey, uh, hold on a minute. So he had never went to any of the briefs, right? Because mm-hmm. he was like, okay, well, you do your thing. Do your thing. But then he came to one. Mm-hmm. And when he came to that one, that's when he said, I want you on my team full yeah. time. Like this is, we need this we need to this. be legit. Exactly. Yeah. And so he put me on the corporate team. So I was part of corporate, uh, and I was the director of education running around with him and, and, and Dean and then Dean left the company and he, he resigned as the vice president and there was nobody to really fill his seat. So I wasn't named the vice president, but I was the second in charge there for a while um, and w- along with uh, Julie and Riley, and we like literally, you know, just took over all of Dean's responsibilities. And but the thing that that it was like me being in the military. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody goes down, hey, somebody's got to pick up the pace. Somebody's right. got to grab it and go with it. And that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. So Miguel was, you know, very thankful that wow, he's like, man, you you really came in clutch on this part. And I was like, yeah. But then as time went on, I realized I'm not an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's no strike against Miguel or no strike against anybody else. It was just, I know me. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I am a natural leader. So it's hard for me to be an employee. I have to be in charge of my own Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't feel like way. that. I had to, you know, there was times where I had to check in. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. it. It bothered me, you know, cause I'm like, why am I checking in? Like mm-hmm. you should, you should know that I'm in 24 seven capacity of the mindset of building the brand. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? This ain't for me, but uh, let's lead into the whole Dallas situation yeah. because that's yeah, a, yeah. that's an interesting one that I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say yeah. what I did, but May 15th, 2022, a buddy of mine retired from the military and said, Hey, you should come check out Texas. If you ever thinking about moving, look at my house. He had this really big house, mm-hmm. lots of land and he paid pennies for it you know and so I was you like, were one of the move, moves that came oh from yeah oh yeah i was the ah. migration from california yes i was and what's funny is i was sitting there and i was like man you paid how much for that house yeah and he was like this and i was like babe we're moving to texas <laughs> and at the time my youngest daughter just graduated from or was just graduating high from high school mm-hmm. and she was about to go to college in arizona so we only person in the house was my oldest son who has downs and mm-hmm. me and my wife. So we were kind of like, I looked at my wife and said, Hey, what do you think about Texas? And she was like, let's check it out yeah, and see what we go. can do. Yeah. May 15th. We put our house on the market in California. We sold our house in California. We bought a new house here in Texas and we moved in August 8th. Mm-hmm. So a three month span. Yeah. When shit aligns, shit aligns. This is literally what's happening right now with me. (laughs) Like, it's like, how is this happening so fast? But when that calling is calling, yeah, an answer. So, you know, go back a little bit. So when we started doing the, the whole, let's move to Texas thing, I love self-made. I love the brand. Mm -hmm. I am a part of the brand. It's tattooed on my arm. Like Mm -hmm. this is just, this is who I am. It's my loyalty. So I called over the franchise owner, the previous franchise owner, and said, hey, uh, would you like to sell your facility to me? Mm-hmm. And the previous franchise owner said, dude, I would sell it to you in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> I, of course, being at corporate, I used to help mm-hmm. all the franchises, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So he already had a relationship with me that was like, dude, absolutely. Yeah. So I came out uh, Father's Day weekend, matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, to look at a house and to come here to the facility and say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened. And then we literally, August yeah. 8th, we moved into the house. August 16th was my first day here in Dallas in the, in the facility. Uh, officially, I took over ownership October 1st because I had some, you know, a little bit of time to move in and yeah. kind of get to get acclimatized to the facility. Sure. But October 1st, I went ahead and like, okay, yeah. this is game on. Let's go. This is mine. And uh, that's how it went down. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't even make this like tie in, but if you guys are listening, you know how much of a believer I am in, in heart tugs and in like just listening to what you feel right in your heart. And that's so crazy how like I think sometimes it's as, as small as a, you know, a phone call from a friend. Hey, you should check out Texas. And then all of a sudden these things are falling in your lap and all of a sudden your house is listed and then you connect with a friend about buying this and oh, hell yeah, dude. And that guy is, you know, the old owner is probably like, oh my God, a prayer's been answered. And it's like all these green flag go, green flag go from the universe. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think far too often people are too scared to follow those hard tugs because it creates uncertainty it creates the unknown and mm. and that's scary but it's but fun it's so it's that's so how fun. i feel so check too. it out so i walked into this facility right and you know and for everybody listening the ogs mm-hmm. that were here were very resistant yeah. to anything i was trying to bring across right yeah. um and 
I had a game plan on a regular daily basis of how I was going to get, number one, the culture to be so great that trainers on the outside are going to want to come and actually work in this facility. Mm -hmm. But then also I had, you know, redo a lot of rules, a lot of, yeah, a lot of cultural things that were, you know, like, you know, cleaning up after yourself, you know, just a lot of things that had kind of gone to the wayside because there was Mm -hmm. no leadership in here. So, and of course, with that change... People don't like change. Resistant to it. And resistant to it. Regardless if they know that it's good. Yeah, I understand this is for the best, but (laughs) I don't want to change my habits. (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly what I fell into here. Mm -hmm. Um, But as time went on um, and the marketing started to go out and everything like that, you start to see the culture shift. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I, and and I hope everybody on your, on your, in your listeners listen to this, be a man or woman or whatever nowadays of your word. Mm, Yeah. I don't care what you are. Just be a person of your word. Yeah. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Follow through. Follow through. Yeah. So one of the things that I had to do while I was here was really get the OGs to understand that I am a man of my word. Mm-hmm. And if I say I'm going to do something. Build a trust, you know. Build Cause, a trust. Because really, like, when someone new comes in, especially with leadership that wasn't yes. like that, that didn't show up, it's it's hard to believe that you're going to get that with someone new. When it's, And then also they're saying all these new things and this change and that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're out the other, <laughs> exactly. we heard about all this good improvement. <laughs> Improvement that's gonna happen before we've heard it. Yeah. So it was that trust building, but you know, you're so right. Be especially as a leader, I think leading by a example, but then mm-hmm. also showing your value that you can give to the people you're leading, right? Yep. Of like, hey, give and take. It's not just it's not just a me telling you, but it's like I want to be a part of this, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, and it was really it was hard at first, and there was a lot of moments of doubt, a lot of moments of stress, mm-hmm. um, but. I would say, you know, coming in here as full owner starting October 1st of last year, um, I would say that the time where I felt comfortable, and you're going to laugh about this, Mm -hmm. the time that somebody asked me this, actually, uh, they said, when did you feel like you finally got self-made Dallas where you wanted it to be? Yeah. And I said, July. Yeah. And he was like, wait a minute. like two months ago? Like two months ago. Yeah. Like, that was where I was like, I took a step back, I looked around, and I was like, I fucking love this place. I love the people. I love coming to work. Mm. I love, this isn't work. This is like my second home. Yeah. That, I didn't have that feeling until July, because it took a long time to weed out the ones that wasn't going to be a part of the culture, bring in the ones that I knew we could build, Yeah. have the concepts, the programs, the marketing, everything just kind of fall in line mm-hmm. and people see it. And now I feel like, yeah. Well, it takes time to create yeah. that. I think, you know, I think we want things. We're in such a culture of like, I want it now and I want it to look exactly this way. And if it doesn't give up, it's a failure. Yeah. It didn't work. Oh my gosh, I'm a failure, you know. But really like shit takes time. And, it does. You know, in life and in goals and in business, in relationships, you know, the, the good is going to take time and it's so worth it, you yep. know. Um, I think that's actually a really great transition to kind of what I wanted to ask you about now because yeah. now you are prepping for mm-hmm. um, a bodybuilding show yes. um, because you yes. turned 45. December 15th, I'll be 45 this year. And then you compete. The show is December 17th, two days after. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so you'll be in the Masters 45 yep. plus. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I bring this up and the, the connection here is that, you know, up, still applying yourself and still setting big goals and yeah. still challenging yourself and doing new things and stepping into like new opportunities, I think is something that people forget we, we can still do as we get older. right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh my God, wow, I can set new goals. You know, um, even me as being 28, I, I have friends that are like, oh, well, like I'm dating this guy and it's just is what it is or like, you know, or I just have this job or I just make this much or my body just looks this way. And we think like, oh, this is like the cap, you know, or people get impatient and say, well, I want that income. I want that lifestyle. I want that relationship. But ugh, it's going to take too much time. It's going to take too much energy. You know, right. So you know what's it's funny is people think that they have to be perfect all the time. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that, and the reason why to, you know, go into about this show is that, so the year that I've been here or the year, you know, up to August uh, as well, I really put my heart and soul into this place. But Mm -hmm. guess what? When I put all my heart and soul in this place, guess what I neglected? My fitness. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, always in the gym, 5 a.m. working out. When I got here... Um, Your priorities shifted, which is totally okay. And I lost my way to the point where... Mm. The trainers that were here were like, dude, do you even work out? Like, you own a gym. Do you even work out? And I would never have thought that that would be me, that I would mm-hmm. get to that point. And I said, no, you know what? I need to change that perspective. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because here I am now, been back on the grind since July 12th. Mm-hmm. And today is what, September 11th, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, two months now yeah. uh, that I've been in the grind. And the amount of people of trainers of clients of trainers that have come up to me and been like yo bro we see you Mm -hmm. like you're doing really good job like we you're man yeah you're working yeah and it like gives them that motivation the leaders who show up that are the most inspiring and i feel like it's a lesson learned because i was like man i wish i would have i would have did this thing from you know last year (laughs) when i got here it just right you know but i I, but also on that uh, but if you would have just said, if that was just who you were, maybe it, nobody would have thought twice about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would have just been like, oh, well, that's what it, what's expected. But the fact that you like put your heart and soul into like figuring this shit out. Yeah. And you said that it wasn't until July that you felt that this place was established yes. and ready to go. So maybe it ne- you needed that time to put all of you. And, if, you know, sometimes we do have to sacrifice in certain seasons yeah. of life. So you had to sacrifice a piece of you that w- that is a priority. But you can table, you can shelve things for a moment for six months and be like, yo, this here, this culture, this community, this, uh, these people, these trainers, this business, mm-hmm. this thing I'm going to start and do, I'm going to fully fucking do. And I'm going to do it right. And that meant that, you know, another part of you had to be sacrificed for a little bit. But then you, you know, taking that self-perspective moment, that self-awareness of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about this priority of my fitness and my health and my well-being and my goals? Yeah. And then stepping into that because now this other thing, the community here is self-sufficient and going well it's like that's life right and i I was i'm able to focus a lot more now on on my own fitness i'm able to wake up again now at 4 a.m i do it every morning and i'm here you know you see me here in the morning at five to work out i mean i get here at 4 45 and i mean it's so natural now Mm -hmm. it's back to being natural and and i love it because i'm able to get my workouts and everything done in the morning and you know i had the rest of the day for business Mm -hmm. um but you know I, I, I didn't we I didn't tell you this as well, but I'll, I'll tell the crowd. Uh, I'm a grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a three year old granddaughter and a two year old granddaughter. And 
for me to get on stage as a grandpa, you know, I, mean, I think so it's so dope. cool. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. That you know what I mean? That is so dope. And so there's a lot of things that play into it. But um, I will leave, leave you with this um, because I think it's so important. And it's something that fuels me every day. And it, mm-hmm. I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it in a different way. Um, you never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And that's what fuels me to be who I am yeah. on a regular basis. Uh, yesterday, last yesterday, matter of fact, my niece, who is uh, eight years old, mm-hmm. uh, FaceTimed my wife, um, and she's on my wife's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's my sister-in-law's daughter, and um, but for some reason she is just drawn to me. <laughs> she's like Uncle Mark. Where's Uncle Mark at? Yeah. Um, and then she tells me about all her workouts. Yeah. Right. Aww. At eight years old. Right. <laughs> So she's like, I'm working out, you know, and this and that. Look at my muscles. I'm yeah. trying to get like you, Uncle Mark, you know. Oh. And yesterday she says, uh, she says, yeah, uh, Uncle Mark, I see your videos. I said, where do you see my videos at? Oh, on my mom's Facebook. And I go, oh, you never know yeah. who's watching. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love your videos and I'm going to go work out. I like mm. to work out too. And you're like, wow, you never know who's watching. Yeah. So I always pride myself on that because that is something that drives me every day. Like, you know, I wake up in the day and I know that I have to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole drinking thing to, to you know, kind of go back to that. Imagine if I was drinking and posting pictures mm-hmm. of me getting trashed and, and my niece was seeing. was seeing that. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I want to project something positive in this yeah. world. So... You know, all of it ties together, um, but I'm, I'm happy to be where I'm at today at, uh, at this age. This is, this is good. You're going to get me all emotional here, Eddie. Is that what we're doing here? That's what we do. How much more minutes we got? You know, I want you to hear me get emotional. Well, I said we're going to get comfy, so you didn't know that's what I meant? Uh, no, I am, I'm honestly just really grateful for you in my life as a mentor, as, um, you know, someone that I've come in contact with that is, I think help me show up better too. Um, I think that it's really cool. You know, we have different seasons with different people in our life, and now I'm leaving Dallas, which is also so sad for me. <sighs> it's an absolute tragedy. <laughs> which is like, I'm like, and the truth be told, like, self-made is really the the one thing I'm like, I feel this. Oh, Gosh, <laughs> sadness about leaving everything else about Dallas. I really feel ready to leave. Um, but there's a there's a but, part of leadership that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but it's the true part of leadership is that you, as a leader, you want to guide people to be better, but to also move on and expand. Mm. And sometimes that move on expand means away yep. from from you. So in in one essence, I'm very sad to see <laughs> you leave, but on the other, I'm very proud and very happy mm. to see your growth and to see you going to do something again that you want to do because yeah. you're a go getter. Um, and I know for a fact that Scottsdale is not ready for Annie Graff. Uh, you're going to come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Scottsdale, be ready. Um, no, but thank you. Gosh, I just feel like there's so many good takeaways, bite-sized things, little moments here and there throughout this talk that we just had. Um, is there anything you want to leave the crowd with? I know you kind of had that last little moment, but mm-hmm. anything else you think that people need to know right now who just want to show up better, do something different in life? Maybe they're in a place where they f- feel stuck or just any any thought that's coming on your heart right now. 
I think um, self-reflection is always a, a key component to success. Mm. You know, you have to be honest with yourself. And there's only mm. one person you can be honest with that, you know, and that's you. That's going to know. That's going to yeah. know. You know, you're going to look yourself in the mirror and know if you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, where other people, you can't tell whether they're lying or they're telling the truth. So be honest with yourself. Uh, self-reflect. See where you need improvements at. And yeah. gradually, not everybody can go cold turkey like me. On August 23rd, gradually make your way into becoming a better person. Mm. Um, life is about progression. Mm -hmm. It is not about regression or staying stagnant. Yeah. You know, you should be always wanting to progress in any way possible, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's education, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, you should be trying to progress forward. And I live by that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I can't see myself going backwards. I can only go forward. So what I would tell to the crowd out there is that, you know, find your find your forward. See mm -hmm. where where you can make small victories to move yeah. forward. And stack and, your wins. And, yeah, and stack your wins. And then as you get better and better and better and just remember now that you moved forward, don't ever go backwards. Yeah. You know, and if you have, because we're all human and we all fall to the point where maybe we make a mistake or something mm -hmm. like that and we fall backwards a little bit, get back up and remember where you were at mm -hmm. and then try to progress a little more it's, forward. It's almost like what we kind of ended on there. It's like the seasons may shift and priorities might, might mm -hmm. change. You can shelf a part of yourself, but having that self-reflection moment mm -hmm. of like, hey, this feels right actually now to shift my gears back over to this priority and this thing I want to improve in, you know? So yeah. constant self-reflection, um, I, I so agree with that. Yes, and, and always looking to go forward. Always, yeah. always pushing forward. Um, you know, you have one life to live and, you know, use it, take advantage of it, don't waste it by you know, being trashed and being somebody else that you're not normally, mm -hmm. you know, um, try to enjoy it the best way possible. And that's mm. really it. Ah, I love it so much. <laughs> um, where can people find you if they're like, yo, this really resonated. I need to send them a message and you let them know. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at uh, Just Rod Fit, J-U-S-T-R-O-D-F-I-T on Instagram at Just Rod Fit. You can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Mark, M-E-R-C, Rodriguez, no middle initial. Uh, but if you wanted to email me as well, you can reach me at mark.selfmadeacademy, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, or you can come over here to Dallas, Texas, to Self Made Training Facility, hey. Dallas, where the best is with the best. Um, and we're over here off of Levy Street in the Design District, so I would love you to stop by and uh, say hello and just let me know that you listen to the podcast. And uh, yeah. For sure. Rock and roll. for sure thank you so much mark <laughs> for right. your time and your energy thank you annie <laughs> all right guys you'll hear from me next week on the let's get uncomfy podcast and now for an awkward exit because i never know how to end these things goodbye <laughs> <laughs> that is all i've got for you today friends if this resonated with you or someone you know might enjoy it go ahead and share it on social media or within your own circle. And if you want to be extra amazing, take a second to rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. It would mean the world to me. Anyway, I can't wait to get uncomfy with you next time. But until then, please go out and get uncomfy without me. You got this. <laughs>